today I wanted to speak a little bit. This is a, t a testimony, um, the home where love abides. So we know that his love abides in us, right? We know his love abides in this church, right? And um, when we were looking for a home, God gave James's uh, these words that um, this will be the house that where love abides. So I just wanted us to say that together, that his love abides in me. His love abides in me. His love abides in me. To have his love in this world, come on. We can do anything, right? It's just like giving yourself a hug, you know, like Ashton was saying. Doesn't matter what your relationship status is today. You know, his love abides in us. And we have that to share with the whole world. It's amazing. Wanted to go to First uh, John 4. And start reading at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into this world, that we may live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetration for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of this world, and not just for us, the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So that's a verse that we, um, just that last one, the 16, that we would say over and over again over our new home, <laughs> you know, and that it is truly the place where love abides. Um, I share the next bit uh, only because we're not special meaning that, um, you know, we're all walking out a walk of faith and, um, there was a, it's a testimony. So, you know, there was tests, right. And, and we won't get into all of them, um, only to glorify God that he made us through every single one of them. And, uh, you know, some of the things, uh, you know, God asked, like, I had to not talk much <laughs> and, um, it, that was, that was cool. Um, you know, sometimes you want to explain yourself and, you know, in love and you've got good, good words, but God's like, nope, not even any good words. Okay. Okay. So, um, I just had to trust and, um, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> James, again, James, my awesome husband, happy Valentine's love. I got breakfast in bed and he made the bed like, hello. <laughs> And he and he's actually our special speaker today, so that's that's awesome. Yes, woohoo! Um, so as we were going through this, um, 
God just, God, James just kept saying, God, I don't know how they're, God just told me he's going to take care of the finances. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. I believe with you. I don't know what it's like in your home. So, um, I'm more the business, whatever the planner, the, you know, whatever. So I do the book, the budget, the books and all that kind of thing. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I believe with you. I was like, Gee, could you just maybe once look over our, like our budget book with me? Like, you know, so <laughs> telling him myself, um, but he graciously did. And he just said, yeah, I, I hear you. I do hear you, Heather. But God told me he's going to take care of the finances. And, I, and so I was like, okay, okay, that, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to go to uh, Psalms 125. For me, it was more of a, a day-by-day victory. And I would share those with James, like, oh, yeah, so this could, this, God just did this, so we can do this. And he's like, uh-huh, cool, that's awesome. And I'd be like, no, no, like, that's awesome, we can do this. And he's like, yeah. I already, yeah, I already knew that. God already told me. <laughs> but anyways, let's look here at Psalms 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. On the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. As for, as for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. Fear, uh, peace be upon Israel. Isn't that amazing? And that like, that's a promise for all of us, right? Like God is no respecter of persons. So amazing. I want to go to Jeremiah 17 and seven and eight. And, and really, these are verses um, that God showed me that are about my husband. Um, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. So cool. There's water on our property. Which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. We got a heat pump. But its leaves will be green. <laughs> And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Praise the Lord. So a little bit of our testimony. It started a couple years ago when I honestly had the itch to move. Um, we have a lovely, we had a lovely home, uh, fenced in backyard for our dog and, you know, enough space for the two of us and all of that. Um, but no real privacy. So I work from home, like even before spring 2020. Um, and so at the end of the day, I'd go out in the backyard and there'd be, you know, neighbors and everything. And it was, you know, a lot. So for me, I just needed that peace. And, um, and it had a really, really small entertaining space. So when we had so many people over, we'd be like, okay, this is enough, right? Um, and that just was not our heart. We wanted to have more people and have them stay longer and, and enjoy. Um, and also, so then, <laughs> but James was content, you know, um, he's a pretty content person and um, he was content. And so um, that was fine. So I, I submitted, you know, and I, I just got, I was like, just leave it alone. But for me, that meant, okay, like delete the viewpoint app. <laughs> Don't go on there every day and torture yourself. This is not the time. <laughs> right. Cause I'd be like, look at this house. And it's like, okay, our house isn't even ready to list. It's not even listed, whatever. Um, but anyways, and then 
So then spring 2020, James was like, yeah. So there was always these couple of things that kind of started happening. Uh, There would be a stronger smell of skunk, which, okay, I know, you know, I I know, I have now known for, you know, maybe five years, smell of skunk is not a skunk. So anyways, he's like, Heather, it's not a skunk in our backyard. I'm like, are you sure? His favorite might get that and then he'll bring it in the house. It's not a skunk. Okay. And, and then loud music. So there was like partying going on and stuff. And he was like, okay, yeah, we can, we can start looking. So we started looking and, uh, we quickly found out, um, that what we wanted, all of our heart's desire, um, was not really out there. This is a, a, a kind of a crazy time in real estate. And so there really wasn't a house out there that we liked. We, we looked at a bunch. Awesome real estate agent. We had a Christian. We sat down with him, kind of drilled him. You're a tither, like all this. When, you know, we kind of line up everything in our lives so that we know we're in God's will. But anyways, so we looked at some houses and we're like, no, we want this. And he's like, okay, well, I'll let you know when I find one of those. <laughs> so uh, we were like, okay, so that's that. Um, but anyways, then uh, Habakkuk 2, 1 to 4, came to us. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at that time, at, at, but at that, the end of it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry forever. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Amen. Amen. So so for a time, there was nothing to look at. Like literally, there was nothing to look at. And we were just like, okay, let's just keep focusing on our house and renovations and whatever. And little, little piddly things, you know, okay, well, we'll just, you know, kind of occupy, you know, stay focused on the dream and, and do those little things. So that was great. Um, and then um, James was like, in the middle of this, he's like, maybe we'll keep our house and uh, rent it out. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually find a house to buy and we'll keep this one and rent it out. And so, again, I had to submit because I'm in property management. I look after commercial banking or buildings all day long, like plumbing, HVAC, snow removal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to call from a tenant to say they plugged up the toilet or la, la, la. But I was like, okay, honey, <laughs> we, we can do that. Okay. So who, what do you want to do? So we explored a couple of avenues and uh, a mentor of mine and, and James's, uh, but someone who I grew up under in youth ministry, Pastor Bruce Belair, he has done some different um, rental uh, properties and that sort of thing. So James is like, I'm going to call Brother Bruce. And I'm like, okay, you do that. Anyways, that was a complete divine appointment. He knew of a house and it just kind of took off from there. So, and then, and he also said to James, no, brother, no, you don't want to do that. Just let your house go. Just don't be messing with all that work and everything like that. So that was an answer to prayer too. Um, So just a couple of, uh, (laughs) hey, listen, you submit, you submit, God works it out. Like it's not a problem because God knows the desires of my heart, right? He knows James's heart. He, and he like works out the middle part, right? And that's none of our business, you know? Um, so just a couple of testimonies, like we put our house on the market, um, not knowing 
if we could even afford the this new house that was coming available. And uh, it let, in the matter of four days, we had 20 viewings. The guy called, like we had, our house was listed in um, one hour on viewpoint. And he's like, can you get out of the house? I'm like, well, I just put supper in the oven. He's like, if it doesn't smell like fish, that's okay. Just leave. And I'm like, okay, yeah, James, don't come home. Go get the dog. Uh, take the chicken out of the oven. Anyways, 20 viewings, 10 offers, sold at exceedingly abundantly. And if looking back, if we had listed our house those couple of two, three years beforehand, we wouldn't have gotten like not right. And, uh, and I, you know, I, we have no secrets, 20,000 over asking, um, backing up if we had sold and, and that really was 50,000 over asking, looking at the old time, right? Like we were just believing for a certain number years before that. And it was 70,000 over that. So praise the Lord. Right. Um, and then interest rates dropped, like all these little things started to change and God was working on my heart. Like, well, Heather and, and the planner in me, like, okay, look at that. Look at your notes again. Oh, right. Right. That, that bill's going to drop off soon. Oh, the extra money we made paid off our SUV. You know how much, you know, new car payments are per month. So that was gone and, uh, just so amazing. And so he did it right. Awesome. Um, there, there were a couple of things that I had to work through, um, to be honest. Um, like this is a nice home. Okay. Like this is forever. Like when you get the address someday, like you, you, that's where we will be forever. Right. Um, I love it. Well, James says, you know, God could do something else. <laughs> Come on, let's just pick those colors and stay. <laughs> But anyways, I, I won't limit God, but I love my home. It's a, an ICF concrete home, 58% more efficient than a wood frame, in-floor heating, heat pump, open concept, 14 uh, feet ceilings, whatever, in the atrium area. Um, large enough master to put a king size bed. We have a 60 pound dog that sleeps on my feet. Hallelujah. I can actually sleep through the night. It's amazing. Walk-in closet. Um, anyways, it just all the desires of my heart. And, you know, life, life, life can be busy and we have priorities in our life, right? We, you know, honor, um, our jobs. We do our jobs nine to five, whatever, but we are involved in the church. We are elders. We pray over those people that are in our group and we reach out to them and we want to fellowship with them. And that's what we're called to do. We're not called to renovate a house all the time. We're just not right. Uh, we don't really have those skills neither, but anyways, like, it's just the thing that, I said, God, we just want something new. We want something we don't have to put a lot of time into. Let's focus on what you want us to focus on, right? And that comes back to my prayer, too, with the finances. Let's, God has us free. So we don't have to be thinking about, okay, well, let me like move this around, do this, go here, you know. No, focus on what God has uh, for our lives. Um, but anyway, so I did have, with all that saying, I did have an issue of like, why? Why do I deserve this home. Like why me? Why us? You know, it's weird how the enemy works sometimes. Like when you're, when you say to God, this is what I'd like. And then he provides it. And then you're like, uh, you know, but it was the desire of our heart and our father loves us so much. He wants to meet that right. No matter what it is, you know, and we, we could have dreams. Sometimes we have dreams and we don't want to share them. And sometimes we shouldn't, but sometimes they're there. Like, Really? That person wants to go back to school at that age? Oh, that person still wants to be having a family? Like, different things? Like, 
God knows our heart and he can work it out. So don't let those dreams lie dormant. Speak to them. Right? Um, and also, we like needed a place of peace. Like, <laughs> I remember back in the fall when the parties were loud around us and the smell of not skunk was going strong. <laughs> And James was just like laying in bed and like was just like, oh, yes, we're out of here soon. Glory to God. Right. So we were there. I just have a couple more uh, scriptures about that place of peace. First um, Samuel 25, 6, and it says, and this is what you shall say. Have a long life. Peace be to you and peace to your house and peace to all you have. Psalms 4, 8, in peace and with a tranquil heart. I will both lie down and sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. For you alone, O Lord, make me make my dwelling in safety and confidently I trust. Um, so I wanted to leave it at, at that for our special speaker. But as he comes, I just want to say thank you, God, and thank you, James, for my dream home. You know, I, I stand here, and um, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve a beautiful home. I don't deserve a beautiful wife. Uh, you know, I don't even, I, I don't. You know, if I was to say I deserve that, uh, I wouldn't allow God's grace to be poured out of my life. You know, and if it wasn't for his grace, we wouldn't have faith. And if it wasn't for his faith, we wouldn't have love. You know, love was poured out on a cross. You know, we think of Valentine's Day and it's, you know, all hearts and stuff like that, you know, but, but every day is about love. You know, when I heard somebody in the, in the crowd say, you know, every day is Valentine's Day. But, you know, if, 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 you, if you know who love is, then, you know, every day is every day. You know, he loves you. And, you know, how much he loves you, you know, he'll do anything you believe him for. Anything you believe him for, there's nothing too hard for him. You know, he's a good God. He loves you. So, uh, you know, uh, Heather talked about, you know, our new home and stuff like that. You know, I'll talk about that later. But uh, I want to I wanna just share with you how, how it came to pass. You know, how um, I went from, you know, A to Z and, uh, you know, what was in between there. And... Um, We'll start in uh, Matthew chapter 14. So before I start in Matthew chapter 14, I just want to tell you that, you know, at the beginning of 2020, uh, you know, the Lord was speaking to me and I always ask him at the, you know, the, during the end of the year or the beginning of the year, you know, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? And I, I ask him that every day, but I ask him at the beginning of the year because it's a start of a new year. It's a new beginning. And um, so I asked him, I said, Lord, uh, what do you want to speak to me? And, he, and he, all he said at the beginning of 2020, before I even knew about what was going on with COVID, he just talked to me uh, from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and where Jesus said, uh, you know, um, if any of you are heavy laden, well, let's go there. Matthew chapter 11. See, I can quote the scriptures, but I'd rather just look at them you know, get them in my eye gate and near my ear gate, you know, and, and so you can see them as well. 
So Jesus said to me, he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, for I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what he was talking to me about was humility. He said, James, just stay humble. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? So I was looking at those scriptures and I was meditating on that. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, um, what was it? Uh, you know, March came around, March, April. And, you know, we found out about this pandemic thing, you know, COVID and stuff. And, you know, I got laid off from work, which was, uh, which was, you know, it was, it was unheard of, you know what I mean? Cause I'd never been laid off from work. And so anyways, that was fine. And so when he was, you know, for two and a half months, I was laid off during that time. I got some Bible school stuff done. That's, you know, been on my heart for a long time. I, you know, got some stuff done around the house. I had a honey to-do list. When you have a house, you will always have a honey to-do list. Um, you know, so I got some stuff done around the house, but also, you know, it, it was a blessing. If you really couldn't see the blessing in 2020 and what was important in your life, then you, then your eye was in the darkness. If your eye is continually, continually in the light, your whole body will be full of light. So I seen the blessing in 2020. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I got to spend time with my wife and cook her breakfast, spend time with my dog, you know. Um, but, you know, sometimes you know, some certain things, you know, did affect me, you know what I mean? But I, I didn't elect, let it get in my heart. And, um, well, I tried not to let it get in. Um, but the thing is, you know, I, I seen 2020 as a blessing, you know, and we put our house on the market and stuff like that. Like Heather was saying, you know, it went for above and beyond asking. And then that was just amazing because if we would have sold it in April, May or March, April, May, we wouldn't have got that much for it. But, uh, you know, I'll talk about that later. So Matthew chapter 14, you know, I prayed this, uh, this is what I asked God for this year. And he just said, he just said, um, he said this to me. He said, Lord, if it be thou, command me to come. This is Peter talking in Matthew or Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. He says, and straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship and go before him to the other side. And he, well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had the multitudes sent away, uh, he went up into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, he was alone. So notice Jesus, he, he, didn't go, he didn't go to sleep. He just went and prayed. He said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. So it was boisterous. So, you know, it wasn't just, a, you know, um, a normal storm. This was something that was going on that was pretty bad. So, so but the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed to the, from the waves, for the winds were contrary. He says, and it was the fourth watch in the night. You know, the fourth watch is between... Uh, it's my favorite time of the day, the fourth watch. It's between 3 and 6 a.m. It's where everything is quiet. Everything's peaceful. And I, and I like that time, you know. Some, I like sleeping in, but I like, I like those times. But anyway, so it was dark out, you know. So sometimes when I'm up early in the morning and I, and I go out to my sunroom, you know, it's, it's totally, it's, it's dark, it's black, it's quiet. You can't see nothing. So he says, and one of the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. Said, and Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come. 
unto the unto thee unto the water. And he said, Jesus said, Come. And when Peter's come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go meet Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he caught him and said, Oh, you a little faith, where did you doubt? So what he was saying to me, you know, at the beginning of 2020, he says, I, I want to stretch you, James. I want to stretch you so much that you, all you have to do and, and all you're doing is just trusting me. I mean, uh, you know, when, when Heather was saying about the finances, um, yeah, that's, that's all he said to me. He said, James, I'll take care of the finances, and I'll get into that later. But um, faith in his word will always stretch you beyond your comfort zone. He'll always stretch you. Faith will always stretch you. It, it, it makes you uncomfortable sometimes because it gets your f- eyes focused, you know, off your five senses and it gets your eyes focused on Jesus. Like I was, I was preaching them before, you know, when Jesus lifted up, his, when, when we lift up our eyes and our eyes on him and our eyes on the father, you know, it, 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 our focus is just on him. It's not on our circumstances, not on our finances. It's not on our uh, your children, it's not on our family, it's just on him. And he takes care of those little things, you know. Um, Romans chapter 4. So faith in the word will always stretch you beyond your comfort zone. Romans chapter 4. It's fine, Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. He says, as it is written, I have made thee, this is talking about Abraham. It says, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations um, before him, you know, whom you believed, even God quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that we might become the father, of, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall my seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body to be dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Uh, Stop right there. Um, Yeah, I won't go there. Um, So, but he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that he that had promise was able to perform it. Faith always pursues past unbelief, and it always penetrates what's, what's the promise. You know, uh, we look at the Word of God, and, um, you know, faith, it can't be taught, it can only be caught. You know, that's what Peter did. Peter, Peter caught what Jesus was saying. You know, he said, be of good cheer, don't be afraid. He, he caught that. He said, okay, bid me to come. If that's you, bid me to come. He did something that no one else did. No one else did. He walked on the water. Well, Jesus walked on the water, but you know, he he walked on he walked on the water, which was which was awesome. But uh, so, anyways, uh, if you ever notice, um, you know, sometimes when you're when you're around someone, you'll you'll start talking to, talking like them. You'll start acting like them. You know, um, and I remember one time where uh, they said. Uh, Brother James, who do you who do you preach like? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, 
I think I preached like Pastor Gary and Pastor Paul together, you know? And uh, he's like, oh, okay, you know? But, and I looked at myself and, and, I, and, I, and I looked at how I, was, how I was speaking and how I conduct myself. And, uh, and then I, I talked to Pastor Paul about it one time. And he said, you know, he said, you do because you're entwined. He says, you're engrafted, you know, and we're in covenant, you know? So, uh, you know, Acts chapter 4, you know, talking about hanging around people, you know, Acts chapter 4, let's go back to Acts, just a couple pages over, Acts chapter 4. You know, when you're around somebody, you start acting like them, and you start being like them. Acts chapter 4, you know, it's talking about Peter here in verse... um, 13, Peter and John. He said, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they, they what, marveled, right? And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Hmm. They'd been with Jesus. And beholding a man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go aside of the council, they conferred with them, conferred among themselves, saying, "What shall we do to these men? Indeed, a notable miracle hath been done by them, that is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it." Are you around Jesus so much that when people see you, they see something different? They see something different, right? Not a religious God, a living God. You know, he's living. He's living inside you. He's living inside me. God of the universe, love in its purest form is living inside of me. So do people know that when you're around them? Do they know that, you're, do they know that uh, you know, you've been with Jesus? Well, some people would think, oh, he's just positive. He's just, um, you know, he's just full of nice words and stuff like that. But no. Uh, the Bible says in Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good. When's the last time we did good with someone? You know, I remember um, I, was, uh, I was going, uh, you know, I was going to a customer's house and I was sitting on, the, sitting on my bucket cleaning, or cleaning a furnace and doing a burner and and I just asked the Lord, because I'm talking to him all the time. And I just asked him for something so simple, which I've asked him before, but I asked him this time. I said, Lord, I'm just going to believe you that you buy me a coffee. I just believe you that you buy me a coffee. So anyways, sure enough, you know, I was going about my day, and this was probably a couple days later, and I, I, I go to this coffee shop in Sackville, um, apartment three, and they, they got some good, good, good coffee out there. So... It beats Tim Hortons, but, uh, but anyway, so I was going to, uh, I was going to apartment three and, and, um, so anyways, I, I was waiting in line and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was like, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you, you'll get a chance to get impatient, but I've been learning to be patient. Love is patient. Right. So anyways, I, uh, I, yeah, I said, okay, I'm just going to wait. And so there's just this car in front of me. And anyways, he went up and paid for his coffee. And I got up to the, to the front there. And uh, she said, oh, the guy paid for your coffee. I said, really? I said, okay, thank you. I said, I'll just pay for the guys behind me, right? So anyways, that was fine. So I paid for the co- coffee and um, just went along my way. And I was driving up the road. And the Lord said, 
I bought you a coffee. And it came back to me. I said, whoa. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when he said that, I said, thank you. Thank you for buying me a coffee, Lord. So anyways, the next time I went, you know, to buy a coffee, um, it, was, it was around Christmas time. And uh, so anyways, I get up and I was, you know, in my van and I was ordering a coffee. And uh, so anyways, there's two other cars behind me. And I was like, you know what? I'll pay for those. I'm going to pay. For, and I thought in my, my mind, I'm going to pay for those two cars, cars. So anyways, I got up to the, to, the, to, the, um, to the window. And then all of a sudden, there was like seven cars. I'm like... I'm like, I'm like, okay. I was like, uh, so I told the lady, I said, um, I'm just going to pay for the cars behind me. And she goes, oh, just the, you mean the two cars? I said, no, I'm going to pay for all of them. She goes, really? She goes, wow, that's a, that's a first. She goes, and so anyways, I paid for, you know, came to like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something like that for, for the coffee. And so anyways, I, I said, I said, I said, here you go. I want, I want to tip you too. And it was just, just the same amount as the coffee. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she started to cry. She said, that's the first time that ever happened to me. You know, that's being good to someone. That's being Acts 17, 28, doing good. Right? What does a merry heart do? It's like a medicine. Right? It made her happy. It made her day. You know, blessed to be a, what's that? Yeah, blessed to be a blessing. Wherever you go, be a blessing to someone. Be good to someone. You know, um, Galatians chapter 6 says, you know, when you have an opportunity, do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. You know, we should be good to each other. You know, sure, we're good, good outside the world when it comes to, you know, uh, this, you know, the person who's not serving God, the sinner, you know, we love the sinner, right? But we should be good to each other. We shouldn't be backbiting. We shouldn't be bitter towards each other, right? We shouldn't get offended with each other if we're, if we're corrected, you know? What's the, uh, Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, for nothing shall offend them. If you really walk in love, nothing will offend you, Right? Nothing will offend you, right? But don't ever say, I don't get offended. Don't ever say that. Right? No, no, seriously. Seriously, because then you're setting, you're setting yourself up like Peter did when he denied Jesus. No. You know what I mean? Have that word living inside you, right? The word of God is, 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 is alive. Let it be alive in you. Let it, let it change you. When I first got saved, I said, Lord, I don't want to change anything about me. I said, I want you to change me, right? You know, it's like Pastor Paul, when he used to be a youth pastor, when we used to get up and worship, he said, I want you to do, I want you to do this, James. He said, he, he called me James T. He said, James T, he said, I want you to put a circle around you. And he said, it's just you and Jesus in that circle, right? And I was worshiping, I was worshiping today and the Lord reminded me of that. And he said, all you're doing, James, when you come to church and when you worship and when you speak today, he said, all it is, is you're speaking to an audience of one. So all I'm speaking to is him. I might be in front of you, a great cloud of witnesses, like, you know, like, but I'm speaking to him, right? I'm ministering to him. 
I'm ministering to his word. I, I, I honor that. I'm thank, thankful for that. But anyways, blessed to be a blessing. Isaiah 55. Let's get back in the word. Isaiah 55. Is this helping you? Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish in what it says it will, or which I please, and will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You know, his word will never return to him void, but it can to you. It can to you, right? Do your words line up with his? Right? Do you say the same thing that he says? Because you can't say one thing and say another and expect it to come to pass. Your words have to line up with his. Right? Your words have to line up with his. You have to say what he says. Right? Proverbs 18, uh, 21, pastor talked about this. He said, he said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. Not life and death. Death and life right? The negative always wants to come out first, right? How you feel always wants to come out first, right? How you're feeling inside towards your, your, your mate sometimes wants to come out first. But no, like Heather said, it's submission, right? Submission is not, you know, uh, under my thumb, it's the same mission, right? When the husband gets in the word and makes his mission, the word of God, final authority, and that wife comes into submission, comes into agreement. What happens? The Bible says there's power in agreement. If you're in agreement together, you have the power, not of a thousand, but a 10,000. Right? So when we, we were praying over our house, you know, she said, okay, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. Because I just didn't have peace about it. Right? I was content, but I, but I knew that she wasn't. You know what I mean? She wasn't, well, yeah. I smelt the skunk outside. <laughs> you know, I just, I did, uh, yeah. I love my neighbors as I love myself, but um, I, 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 I love my wife more. I love my wife more. So yeah, you know, his, his word has to line up, your words have to line up with his. You know, it's, it's um, excuse me, if God gives you a word, he expects you to say it. He expects you to do it. You know, his word is, is not only a promise, but it's a prophecy. What are you prophesying over your life? What are you prophesying over your mate? What over your woman? You know? You know, that word come. When Jesus said, come, it, it's, it was a commandment. You know, it wasn't a suggestion. It was an obligation. He gave you an obligation. He said, come, right? There's always a blessing in obedience. You know, there's always a blessing when, when we obey the Lord. You know, sometimes we, we might not understand what, why he's saying something to us, but if we just step out and trust him, there's a blessing in that. Right, my dog favor. You know, we uh, Heather was talking about my dog, sixty pound, um, full of love dog. 
uh, you know, um, with his new house. Anyways, we, we used to have a backyard, a fencing backyard. We just let him out and do his business and whatever. And um, so anyways, but now we have to take him out on a leash, but I've been letting him out off the leash sometimes. And you know, with a dog, you know what I mean? They got the smells and sniffers going on and stuff like that. And new things are around and, you know, it's all woods and behind us. And, you know, there's some water on the property and we like, we don't want him to get in the water or whatever, but we don't care if he goes for a run, but we just don't want to get dirty, come back in the house. But anyways, he'll go for a run and we won't see him. And I'm like, oh, oh Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 99.9% of the time when I say to my, my, my dog, come, he'll come. Sometimes he won't, right? Sometimes he won't because he'll get distracted. He'll start sniffing something. He'll get into something that's just, you know, delights them to him or something, you know, like something like that. But anyways, but every time Heather says, come, he'll come, right? Whatever mama says. <laughs> but she says something, she, is, she says come different than me. She goes, <laughs> Oh, yes. Right? I can't say it that loud, but she'll just come. You know what I mean? And when mama speaks, it happens, right? Mama's, you know, I might be the head of the home, but she's the neck that turns the head. But, anyways, you know, my dog, uh, you know, sometimes when I can't get him to come, I've trained him as a puppy and, uh, I remember when I was when I when I first got him, I he was kind of um, bad, and, it, and <laughs> but you know puppies usually are, you know what I mean. But I, I I said I said to myself, you know, when I get a dog and I get a puppy, I want to train him the way I want to train him. And so, anyways, when I when I was training him, uh, he was just bad, and I just I just I said, what do I do? And uh, so, anyways, I was at a pet store one time, and all the lady told or all the girl told me to do was, he said, all you got to do. We just love them. Just love them, right? And it, it, I broke down right in front of the pet, the, the, in the pet store, right in front of the lady. And I was like, you know, wow, I preach this all the time. And here it is coming to me. Just love them. <laughs> just love them. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I started doing. So anyways, I just, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to start loving them. I just love my dog, right? And he's, he's been a blessing to us. We call him favor because that's what we, that's what we expect. We expect the favor of the Lord to be in our lives, you know. You have to say what he says, you know. But that word come, you know what I mean? Like, he'll come with me, he'll come with Heather, but if I really want him to come, I'll go, woo-wee, you know. And he'll come a booking, right? Because, because I, I've, I've taught him as a, as, a, as a little pup that as soon as I, as soon as I say that, he'll, he'll come running because he, 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 there's a treat. There's, there's a treat coming, right? Or he gets his dinner, right? So, but anyways, the, the story is you have to say um, what he says. You know, don't ever call the old cat, right? If you, if you want the dog, right? Call the dog. Don't call the old cat, but I know an old cat. If, if I needed to call him, you know, he'd be there for me, right? But speak what you desire. Don't speak the problem. Speak what you want, Right? The word says you're healed, and the word says you're blessed. You know, the facts can um, say, you know, something different. 
You know, but the truth says, the truth says, Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. First Peter 2, 24, who his own self bore our sins on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live on the righteousness. By his stripes, we are healed. Third John 2 says, beloved, that's you. I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right? Philippians 4.19 says, My God, what shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Right? And you know, pastor's been talking about it for a long time. You know what I mean? Uh, Numbers 23.19, he says, God is not a lie. God, God can't lie. He can't lie. You know? If we just choose to put his word in our mouth, right? Let's go to... Um, Let's go to Jeremiah. Actually, no, let's go to, um, before that, Matthew 12, 37 says, by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you'll be condemned. Right? Choose to speak what he's saying to you. You know, your faith is the only thing that moves God. And it's, you know, it's the only thing that ties you um, to it is your believing and saying. You know, Mark eleven twenty two and 23 says, you know, so whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He said, he said, so whatsoever things you desire, that when you pray or when you say, believe that you receive them and you shall have them, right? Some say what they believe while others believe what they say. Who are you going to be? Are you going to say what you believe or believe what you say? I believe what I say. Right? I say I'm healed. I say I'm blessed. Right? The facts might say something different, but the truth can change the facts. But the facts can't change the truth. Right? Amen. So we must get, but you know, I'm talking about that, you know, I'm believing and stuff like your, your power is in your believing and saying, but we have to get past the point of our believing and we have to get to the state of knowing, right? But when you get to the state of knowing, you know, believing will just become, it'll become easier, right? First or second Timothy. Second Timothy. Just before Hebrews. 2 Timothy, um, verse 12. He says, For I know in whom I have believed, for I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which, he, which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast, verse 13, hold fast to the sound words which you have heard of me and faith, uh, in the faith and the love which is in Christ Jesus. I remember what Gerald said. Gerald said to, said to me one time, uh, we were, me and Justin, he said, if you're not speaking faith in my garage or you're not speaking love, just, just get out, just get out. Right. And, uh, you know, that's true. Get around people that encourage you, that build you up, that say positive things about you. You know, there's too much negativity in the world. We don't need negativity in the body. No, we don't need negativity in the church. 
you know, even Paul talked about backbiting each other and, you know, yeah, I can get into that, but I don't. No. Be love to each other. Be Jesus to each other. Right? The whole fast, the form of sound words. What are the, you know, what are sound words? What's a sound word? Hebrews chapter 4. Couple scriptures over. Verse 11, he said, Let us labor therefore to enter into his rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So, sounds to me like, oh, actually, let's read verse 12. He says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. It's piercing to the dividing asunder, the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow, and it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the sound word. You know what sound words are? Words of faith. Right? Not words of unbelief and doubt. Right? Get around somebody that speaks faith to you. You know, like Heather said, you know, um, we don't have to let everybody know our dreams. Right? But, you know, when you're living by faith, people will see that, you know, the manifested presence of God. When things come to pass in your life, they'll see what you're believing for. Right? So when you sow into good ground, speak the word, and all you do is rest and wait on him to bring the harvest. You know, I have a, at my old house, I have a garden, and, uh, and I was so blessed to have this garden, and a good friend of mine built it for me, and I, I appreciate that uh, very much. But anyways, I had this garden, and I prepared the soil for a long time. I mean, I prepared it and prepared it and prepared it. And, you know, I took care of my soil because I knew that the soil, the soil is like a heart. You know, when, when we put the word of God in us and we speak it and we believe it, uh, you know, we, we prepare our soil for, for God to move in our lives. And so anyways, I prepared my soil in my garden for a long time. And last, uh, last time we went to um, Country Harbor, up where Lowell is, uh, the boys were out there fishing. And I was on the shore and I seen all this, this, gold on, on the, on the, on the seashore. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I said, Jordy, where's the bag? I need a bag. Right. And he's like, why? He said, I, I, I just got to get some of the seaweed. Right. I got to get some of the seaweed. So anyways, here's the boys trying to fish for fish, fish for, for trout. And here I am just gathering up all the seaweed, putting it in this, in this bag, but I seen it and it was gold. It was black gold because I knew that uh, seaweed was the best fertilizer for your garden. So, anyways, I got home and I and I put the uh, I put the I put the seaweed in that fall, and I said I said I said Lord, I just thank you that this season is going to be the best harvest I'm ever going to have. And so, anyways, I planted my seed in April. I planted a little early, and nothing came up for the longest time. Nothing. So anyways, I was like, oh man, did I plant too early? Am I, did, my, did my seeds die? You know what I mean? You know, you think about all these things, right? But I never gave, I never gave word to it. I said, no, I'm going to have a great harvest. I'm going to have a great harvest this year. It's going to be the best harvest I ever had. And uh, so anyways, I kept on saying that. And so anyways, sure enough, you know, the, 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 um, the seed came up, you know what I mean? It started germinating and, you know, things started coming up and, you know, it wasn't all coming up at once, but some, some, something would come up at once, and then a couple of weeks later, something else would come up and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, at the end of the season, 
It was it was exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. I, I'm telling you, it was it was like I told Jordy. I said, Jordy, I'm going to grow you some parsnips, and I still have your parsnips in my in my um, in my freezer. Anyway, I ate some the other night, but I still have some for you. <laughs> but anyways, but anyways, I before all the years before that I was planting a garden, my parsnips would never grow. I mean, that big. But anyways, I said, I said, Jordy, this year is going to be awesome. I said, you're going to get some, you're going to get some parsnips. I said, and this is before they even started coming up. Anyways, I'm telling you, the biggest parsnip, I, I mean, probably most of all of them were like that. I mean, just, I mean, that big around. <laughs> they were just massive, right? You know? So, what's that? Promised land. Promised land. The Eden blessing. The Eden blessing. Yeah, the Eden blessing. You know, pastor talked to, I went out to pastors and I planted a garden for him. You know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, good crop. Amen. Mark chapter four. Don't plant, yeah, coffee's better than kale, eh? That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Um, (laughs) So yeah, whatever you put in the ground, you get back up. You know, if you... Speak words of faith over your life. Speak words of faith over your children. You know, be a blessing to them. You know, um, Mark chapter 4. You know, Mark chapter 4, I have a ribbon in, in Mark chapter 4. If I, if I open my Bible, like if, you know, some people say, you know, you open your Bible to any place in there and God will speak to you and blah, blah, blah. I don't really believe that, but I got a ribbon and I really never used my ribbons until I, I read Mark chapter 4. And I've always had my ribbon in Mark chapter 4. If I'm ever going to open the Bible and I need a word from God, I'll go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 talks about the sower. And Jesus said, if you don't know this parable, boys, you won't know them all. You, you won't get no revelation. He said, you got to know Mark chapter 4. So anyways, I read Mark chapter 4. And if you ever want to know what the kingdom of God is like, Right? Even if, if it's like, okay, because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is two different things. The kingdom of heaven is a place, but the kingdom of God is a method. It's a, it's a way of doing things. And Jesus, you know, we, we, think, we think Jesus came and preached love and acceptance. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't preach love and acceptance. He preached, he preached the kingdom and he preached repentance. Right? He preached the kingdom and he preached repentance. And we think repentance is a bad thing, but repentance it's a good thing. It means the you know when you when you go to God for for you know repent you know repent all mean all it means is just turn around. You know what I mean? Just turn around. You know what I mean? Just change your mind. Yeah. You know Romans twelve one and two says you know renew your mind with the word. Right? Repentance is a good thing. So anyways, Jesus preached the kingdom, and he preached repentance. But anyways, he said if you if you if you know this thing, he said, uh, Mark chapter four, verse 26. And he said, and he said, which is Jesus. He said, the kingdom of God, as if a man would cast a seed into the ground and he should sleep and rise night and day. And he should be, and then the seed should spring up and grow. He knows not how for the earth brings forth fruit in herself. First, the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And he says, and when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts it into a sickle because the harvest has come. If you ever want to know how the kingdom of God works, it's not how the world works because it's the total opposite of the world, right? People say you got to save and save and save and save for up retirement and all that stuff. Well, no, 
That, you know, well, really, no, saving is a good thing because I learned that a long time ago. The Bible says in Proverbs, he who saves little by little makes it grow, right? So it's good to save. It's good to be wise with your money. Um, my wife does the budget and stuff like that. I look at the books sometimes, but I, 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 don't look at, I don't look at budgets. I look at a vision. I look at a vision. I look at how Jesus uh, operated in, in, in finances, and, and, I, and I do that. Everything is based around seed. Right? But I don't let my seed, uh, I don't cast my pearls before swine. I'm always, I'm always uh, praying about where God wants me to sow my seed. You know, I'm not um, frugal. I'm not, uh, what's the word? I'm not just going to, yeah, frivolous. You know what I mean? I'm not frivolous with my seed. I'll, I'll, wherever God tells me to do it. And it doesn't matter how much. You know, we, we have a friend, uh, a, lady, a girl that we know, she, she was talking, and I, and I listen to people. I'm always aware when I'm around people because is my light shining? You know what I mean? Am I, you know, I'm always aware when I'm around people. So anyways, this, this, this girl was saying, you know, oh, I pick up my kids, and she goes, I'm cold. I'm really cold, and I, I really want a nice jacket. And I, and I told Heather, I said, well, what kind of jacket do you want? Do you want one of those goose jackets? She's, and she didn't say nothing, right? So I was like, well, I said, I'll believe with you. I'll be your two. Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, it said, Every, any two agree on touching anything, it shall be done. So anyways, I said, I'll be your two. And so anyways, I told Heather um, just a while ago, I said, I said, honey, I said, uh, I said, if, if you want to give her your goose jacket, I said, you, you do that. I said, don't over, don't overhold anything too tight. Don't ever hold anything too tight. Sometimes we can hold things with a tight grip and lose it. Right? Jesus said, if you, if you hold your life, what happens? You'll lose it. But if you give it up for my sake, you'll find it. Right? I learned that a long time ago. Don't always hold everything with a tight grip. You know? Everything I have or had is because of a seed that I've sown. You know? But maybe it's a, maybe everything that I've have, it's, it's, it's a, it's a seed right now for the harvest I'm about to receive. Be a, good, be a good steward over your things. Look after your things, right? I learned that from Frank a long time ago. He said, be a good steward over your things, James. You know? And uh, I've learned that because you never know when God's going to tell you to give it. And you always want to make sure it's in working order. And, you, you, you know, you know I, I remember when we gave our car away. Um, God told us to give her, you know, we, we got a new car, but God told us to give our car away. And uh, so we did. So what did we do first? We, we took it to the mechanic and made sure everything was sound and everything was, you know, we cleaned it all up and stuff like that. We want it to be a blessing, right? And whatever you do, be a good steward over things. Be a blessing. You know, we, we find, um, you know, in Mark, uh, or actually Matthew chapter 8, if this is uh, one of the last scriptures I'll go to, second to last. Matthew chapter 8, you know, we find about uh, the centurion and how he, he operated. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5. It says, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, he came unto a centurion beseeching him. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of palsy and grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, 
Wow. I'm not worthy that you should come on the roof, but speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Check this out. He says, for I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goes. And he says, another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, what, what happened? He was marveled. Two times Jesus was marveled in the Bible. First at unbelief, right? Second at great faith. And there's only two times great faith is you know, mentioned in, in, the, in the Bible where the, the Canaanite woman and the centurion, you know? And the thing is, like, where there's a lot of faith, there's no doubt, right? But he said, where there's little faith, there's a lot of doubt, right? What did Peter do? He walked in the water. He had no doubt. He had his eyes focused on Jesus. When you have your eyes focused on Jesus, you're in the great faith. You're walking, in the, you're walking on the water. But he said, and he said, he marveled, and he said unto them, he said, I have found so not a great faith, no, not all in Israel. Learn to operate in the great faith. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Um, you know, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 4. It says, And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and in his own house. I just want to honor just want to honor my pastors today. I want to honor Pastor Gary and Nancy and, um, and my spiritual father and mom, uh, Pastor Paul and Shirley. And um, I don't know if Pastor Bruce is here and Larry and Jim and, and, um, and David and Frank and Earl and Mary and Tiffany. But I, but I honor them, you know, um, I love them. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't be who I am going to become if it wasn't for them. Because everything, everything I, I, I've done or everything I've had, like who I am is tied to these people, right? My destiny is tied to these two people, right? And we should honor each other. If we want to see signs and wonders and miracles in the, in the, in the church, learn to lay your hands on your, your, your neighbor right beside you first. Right? Learn to pray for them first. Because the sinners will come, or the people will come into the, to the church when they see what? Signs and wonders and miracles. You know, people follow Jesus, thronged them all the time. Because of what? He walked in humility. Great faith is always found when when, when uh, someone walks in humility. What happened to the centurion? He walked in humility. He said, no, I'm not worthy that you should come out of my roof. He said, but just speak the word only. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.